the other day I was reading an ABC News article uh, all about things we're afraid of. The article was called Phobias, the 10 Most Common Fears People Have. I wonder if you're afraid of any of these things. Public speaking, wide open spaces, heights, flying, small enclosed spaces, insects, snakes, dogs, storms and needles. According to the ABC, there are lots of things to be afraid of. I reckon I've got about five on that list. Uh, But those are the 10 most common phobias in Australia. Now, the reason I mention that is because today, in our series all about growing followers of Christ Jesus, we're thinking about growing more followers. That is, we're thinking about evangelism. We're thinking about talking to people about Jesus. And that can be a frightening and a scary thing to do. For instance, it might be that when you think about talking to people about Jesus, you're scared that you'll say the wrong thing and mess it all up. Or when you think about talking to people about Jesus, you might be frightened about the prospect of losing some of your friends. Or it could be that you're worried about what people might think of you. You know, they might think you're some kind of misguided, backward, conservative fundamentalist. Or they might think you're a Bible basher. Or it could be that you're frightened of causing conflict and making other people feel uncomfortable. When it comes to talking to people about Jesus, there are lots of things to be afraid of, lots of things, lots of reasons to be scared. And look, if you feel at all like that, let me say right up front, there is a wonderful comfort and encouragement for you in today's passage. Today's passage gives us a great reason why we don't need to be afraid of talking to people about Jesus. But before we get there, today's passage also gives us another reason, perhaps a bigger reason, why it is that we'd actually have a go at talking to people about Jesus. From today's passage, the reason why we would talk to people about Jesus is just because of who he is, how big he is. So who is Jesus that we would want to tell people about him? Well, let's have a look. We'll pick it up from Matthew chapter 28 and verse 16. And as I read... Listen to what Jesus says about himself. Verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So did you hear what Jesus said? He claims that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. Which is a pretty big claim, right? But it's a claim that's really based on what's happened earlier in Matthew. Right back at the start of Matthew in chapter 3, when he was baptised, the Spirit of God came down on Jesus. And ever since then, he's been wandering around, healing the sick, and driving out demons, and making blind people see, and calming storms, and walking on the water, and teaching with unprecedented authority. Until finally in chapter 27, Jesus died on the cross so as to triumph over sin and guilt. But that wasn't the end because then in chapter 28, Jesus was raised back to life from the dead so as to triumph even over death. And by doing all those things, Jesus has also triumphed over Satan. He's disarmed Satan. He took away the power that Satan had because of sin and guilt and death. 
And because Jesus has triumphed so spectacularly, so gloriously, so completely, God the Father has now given him all authority in heaven and on earth. That's all authority. Jesus has authority over the supernatural. He's got authority over things we can't see. He's got authority over Satan and demons and angels and spirits, both good and bad ones. And Jesus also has authority over the natural universe, you know, the things we can see and touch and experience around us. Light, energy, motion, time, matter, planets, stars, galaxies, meteorites, the weather, rain, floods, droughts, volcanoes, earthquakes, cyclones, global warming, ozone layers, the fact that we've had all those days this week over 40 degrees, it's all under his authority. He also has authority over bacteria and viruses and parasites and germs and atoms and protons and neutrons and electrons and subatomic particles we haven't even thought of yet and quantum physics and DNA. Jesus has authority over all the parts and functions of our bodies. Every beat of your heart, every breath you take, every electrical jump across a million synapses in your brain, it is all under his authority. He's got authority over nations and governments and kings and presidents and prime ministers and their armies. He's got authority over judges and courts. Jesus has authority over industry and business and finance. He's got authority over the stock exchange and the Nasdaq and the Dow Jones. He's got authority over entertainment and amusement and leisure and the media and the internet. He's got authority over education and research and science and discovery. Jesus has authority over our families and our neighbourhoods and our workplaces and our schools. He's got authority over our church. Jesus has authority over every soul and over every moment of every life that has ever been lived or that ever will be lived. All authority, right? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. You do realise that, don't you? Because when you get that, it changes the way you see the world. Because all of a sudden you realise, you know that neighbour over the back fence? Jesus has authority over them. All the people in your office at work, Jesus has authority over them too. The person you go walking with in the morning, Jesus has authority over them. The librarian you borrowed a book from this week, the barista who makes your coffee, the butcher you get your sausages from, the electrician you had in to do some work the other week, they're all under Jesus' authority. Your children, your spouse, your parents, Jesus has authority over every single one of them. And if they don't already know it, they need to know that. They need to know Jesus. They need to recognise and accept his authority because whether they recognise it or not, whether they like it or not, the fact is they are under his authority because he has all authority in heaven and on earth. Now, given that Jesus has that much authority, you don't want to be on his wrong side, right? He's not someone you want to mess with. And so all those people, they need someone to tell them about Jesus. 
which as it turns out is exactly what Jesus commands us to do. Because of who he is, because he has all authority, Jesus commands us, his followers, to make disciples. Or in other words, he commands us to be growing more followers. Let's pick it up again from verse 18. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now, there's quite a bit in just those couple of verses, but there's a really clear structure to it. So to start with, it's helpful to note that there's really just one fairly simple command here. Make disciples. That's it. So Jesus has just finished establishing the fact that he has all authority in heaven and on earth. Now he commands his followers to do just one thing, make disciples. Because of who he is, we should be growing more followers. So how do we do that? Well, that one command is followed by two ways it should be obeyed. Make disciples by, one, verse 19, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and two, make disciples by, verse 20, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. That's how we're to grow more followers, by baptising and by teaching. Grow more followers of Jesus by baptising. Sounds a bit funny, doesn't it? And maybe that's because if you're anything like me, when you hear baptism, you immediately think of people getting dunked in the water. But there's more going on here than just people getting wet. After all, if the way to make disciples, if the way to grow more followers of Jesus was simply to get people wet, then wouldn't we right, do something like just get a huge aeroplane, fill it full of water balloons, fly over Dubbo and drop them all out? That would get a lot of people wet. Or, when we went door knocking, wouldn't we go armed with super soakers? So that whenever anyone entered the door, you could give them a good soaking? Now, of course, I am being a bit silly, but the point is, clearly we don't make followers of Jesus just by getting people wet. So baptising here must mean something more than just dunking people in water. So what else could it mean? Well, Baptism really is someone becoming a Christian, or at least it's the visible sign of it. Baptism is the outward sign of being washed clean from sin and guilt by Jesus. For someone to be washed clean by Jesus, they actually need to know who he is, don't they? They need to trust him. So basically, in order to make disciples, in order to be obedient to Jesus here, we need to tell people about Jesus. We need to tell people that he was a real person who really lived in history and who really died and who really rose again from the dead in order to deal with our sins and because of that, he's the only one who can wash us clean. And we also need to tell people that Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. He's not someone to be messed with. And when people hear that and when they repent and when they trust in Jesus to be washed clean, And when they submit to his authority, when they're made disciples, well, then we do dunk them in water, right? We do baptise them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And wouldn't it be exciting if this year we were out there telling people about Jesus and so we had a whole bunch of baptisms here at church? Absolutely, that would be exciting. We make disciples by baptising. 
And then we continue to teach them. That's what Jesus said. Make disciples, baptizing them, and verse 20, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. See, when someone becomes a follower of Jesus and they're baptized, it's not as though it's then a case of job done. You know, we don't then move on to the next person looking for the next kind of convert and leave the first one to figure it out for themselves. Jesus says, make disciples by teaching them, which is really what we thought about last week, right? Teaching, helping, encouraging other Christians to grow as followers of Jesus. It's not like when someone becomes a Christian, you suddenly stop talking to them about Jesus. That would be ridiculous. We keep talking to each other about Jesus so that we might go on living with him as our Lord, so that we might continue to submit to his authority. Because, remember, Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. And when you genuinely believe that, you'll tell people about him. So when you're talking to someone who's already a follower of Jesus, well, you talk to them about Jesus so they'll keep following him. So they'll keep submitting to his authority. And when you're talking to someone who's not yet a follower of Jesus, well, you also talk to them about Jesus so they might start following him. See, Jesus commands us to be growing more followers. He commands us to be talking to people about him. And when you genuinely believe that he has all authority, there's really no way out of that. You've got to talk to people about Jesus. But hey... Jesus doesn't just tell us, go and grow more followers and then leave us on our own. In actual fact, Jesus' very last words on this earth, at least as recorded by Matthew, they were deliberately intended to give us some wonderful encouragement and comfort for while we're doing that work of growing more followers. Because the very last thing Jesus says is, he promises to be with us. Verse 18 again. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end. See, Jesus commands you to talk to people about him so as to be growing more followers. But he also promises to be with you while you do that. Which is a great comfort, isn't it? Jesus, the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth, the one who has authority over every moment of everyone's life, promises to be with you. And he promises to be with you always. The all-powerful, all-ruling Christ doesn't take a break from his promise of being with you. And not only does he promise to be with you always, but he promises to be with you to the very end. As long as this world lasts, Jesus, who has all authority, will be with you. So if you're scared of talking to people about Jesus because you're afraid of causing conflict and making other people feel uncomfortable, remember, the one who has been given all authority, he commands you to be growing more followers. And you don't want to be in conflict with him. You want to do what he says. Obeying him, that's a great motivation to be talking about Jesus. Or if you're scared of talking to people about Jesus because you're worried about what they might think of you, or perhaps because you're frightened of losing some friends, in one sense, those are legitimate fears. But remember what Jesus has just promised. He promises to be with you always to the very end. 
and being armed and comforted with that truth, that ought to give us great confidence to talk to people about Jesus. But in the end, whether you're scared or not, whether you feel excited and motivated or not, whether you feel confident and equipped or not, when you really believe that Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth, you will talk to people about him. You will be involved in that work of growing more followers of Christ. You know, we just heard from Al earlier that here at DPC, we're going to have a kind of connect year this year. This year is all going to be about kind of talking to people about Jesus. And that's great. Like, I hope you're encouraged by that. But here's the thing. Being in a church that talks about evangelism, it's not really enough. It's great. Don't get me wrong. It's a good thing to be in a church like that. But it's not enough. So maybe as well as being excited about what we as a church are doing this year, a good thing to do would be to think about how are you personally going to be involved? What are you personally going to do this year to be growing more followers? Who could you personally talk to about Jesus? Because, you know, this year, if you just kind of sit back and you do nothing, if you just let it all wash over you, if the evangelism training in term one comes and it goes, we've got a whole bunch of invitation Sundays planned, if they kind of come and they go, if our men's event in November comes and it goes, the ladies' showcase comes and goes, and the carols, if they come and they go, if all this stuff just passes you by, but you never actually get around to ever talking to anyone about Jesus, wouldn't that be a shame? And it would be a massive missed opportunity. Because Jesus, who we follow, he has all authority in heaven and on earth. We know that. And we want other people to know it too, don't we? So friends, let's get to it. Together as a church, and together with the risen, powerful, ruling Lord Jesus, let's be growing more followers. Let me pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for being good to us. Thank you for making us followers of your son Jesus, the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth. Thank you for the wonderful promise that that, uh, we read in these verses that he's with us always to the very end. And so help us to be obedient to him, please. Help us to be obedient. to be comforted by his promise and to be brave enough to be talking to people about Jesus. And Father, help us please to be doing that for his sake, for his honour, so as to be growing followers of Christ Jesus. Use us to do good things for his name and for your kingdom and for the sake of your people. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.